My name is Thais Gibson, and I'm the creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video, and in this video, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about five key tips that are crucial to thriving in the fearful avoidant, fearful avoidant romantic relationship. So when you are a fearful avoidant, whether you're a leaning AP or a leaning DA, or just a true FA, and you are wanting to thrive in a relationship with another fearful avoidant, because we know how challenging this can be, but we know how nice it can be at the same time, because there can be such a depth of connection. Um, what you can do to stay in that deep connection, that trust, that consistency, that love, like really thriving and being able to explore and experience things together as two FAs without having to go through all those downsides and pain points and challenges that may exist because of some of the trauma that both carry at a subconscious level in this dynamic and are likely to accidentally pull into the dynamic as a result without even meaning to. Um, so first and foremost, one of the tricks to like hacking this dynamic is that each fearful avoidant must communicate their needs. And sometimes it can be tempting to like leave that one out because usually these two individuals are so good at understanding each other's needs from like a hypervigilant perspective. But just because you can like understand somebody's needs a lot of the time doesn't mean you will all of the time. And it's going to hurt each individual more because think about it. Like if you have these huge expectations of somebody, cause you feel like they know you so well, and they're always doing such a good job of showing up in the relationship, the moment they don't, because the expectations are so high, the fall from grace is also higher. And what often happens is these, di these dynamics will become like so connected so early on, but then the expectations come with it. And then the moment one party or both party are not, are both parties are not meeting each other's expectations. There can be a lot of pain points that arise and a lot of challenges. So communicating your needs, doing so specifically, clearly, whenever you feel like an unmet need exists, sharing the why behind why you need the thing that you do. So that transparency is there and, and the fearful avoidant mind isn't going to give it meaning in a negative way. If you say, for example, like, Hey, I have to cancel our date on Friday. Don't just say I have to cancel our date on Friday. Say I need to cancel our date on Friday. And here's why, and give context. And here's what I need in, in response, or here's what, what do you need? If, if you're feeling like we're disconnected, like being able to really talk about needs regularly is huge for this dynamic in terms of its ability to really not just survive, but actually thrive and, and do really well together. Number two, um, the same thing applies, but for boundaries and why is it important for a fearful to set boundaries in this dynamic? Because if left to their own devices, both FA will, both FAs will be boundaryless for the vast majority of the time or throughout a lot of the dynamic and boundarylessness creates resentment long-term, um, because we eventually feel like, oh, we're violated. Even if it's not conscious for, for a period of time, eventually we'll realize, oh, something's been violated enough. And now it comes out sort of full force as in feelings of anger and frustration and hurt and betrayal and all these different things. So having boundaries and also boundaries that allow you to actually take some time to recharge alone. Um, and it's so easy to be like, no, I just want to see my FA partner um, and to spend all this time together. But it's really important to have like actual alone time. And I don't mean like alone time with friends or with family, that's important too, but actual alone time during this dynamic, which brings me to point number three, which is to be able to break codependency in this dynamic. It's so easy to just spend all your time with your partner and then your free time you have to spend up, spend with your friends or family and play catch up and all these different things. 
And then to have no time alone. And if you don't have balance across the seven areas of life, like if you're a fearful avoidant with another fearful avoidant and you're not maintaining your relationship to your career and your goals and your budgeting and your finances and investing to, you know, all these different seven areas. So career, financial, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical can be like health. Um, and then other relationships. If you get too out of balance, usually I find that the FA ends up resenting their partner or burning out from being around um, commitment and expectations so often that it turns into a dynamic where it's like they burn out, they need to pull away and it's sudden and it's extreme when they do. And it can really affect the person on the receiving end. And that pattern needs to be cleaned up. Um, so number four is fearful avoidance. Each of them have to work to stop um, testing each other and start questioning their stories and assumptions, right? It's really easy to be like the pattern change. And it means I'm unloved the pattern change. And it means I can't trust the pattern change. And it means, um, I'm not good enough, or I'm unworthy, or they think I'm bad, or like all these different core wounds that can come up or these narratives that the subconscious mind will create when on autopilot. And it's extremely important that the fearful avoidant learns to question those things internally, like, Hey, the pattern change, but it could, could it be something other than me not being lovable or worthy? Could it be that, someone's tired in the relationship that, that, you know, we're, we're adopting or adapting to a new phase of the relationship, um, post power struggle and, and more into a stability space. Like it, there can be so many reasons other than what the mind is going to project as a worst case scenario, which is usually based on your own past wounds and traumas that are a call for resolution, a call for your love and attention so that you can work through these things. And last but not least, um, to be able to communicate when you feel afraid, to be able to communicate vulnerably, to say, um, hey, these wounds have come up. And it's not just about my internal relationship to reprogramming them, but it's also about my ability to express them and to say to somebody, hey, you know, I'm feeling off about the situation that happened over the weekend. And I could just use some reassurance or some clarity or transparency or just to be able to ask um, for something to help your partner actually soothe and aid your fears. Because if we just do it ourselves, I mean, that's great. That's super powerful and important. But if we just do it with somebody else and we're only ever going to them to, to soothe our fears and we're only ever asking for validation or reassurance or whatever it might be, either version of that becomes imbalanced over time. And when you can have the capacity to like, when you're afraid, work through it on your own, but also um, at times ask your partner for, for transparency or consistency or whatever it might be that you're seeking, then this will really help quell those fears. And you want to really be able to master both sides there in, in independently and with somebody so that we have healthy interdependence long-term. So these are some really important dynamics. So thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. And I will see you in the next video.